0: welcome to bad end podcast this is episode 51 we're finally over the hump uh my name is joshua calixto uh, i write for kotaku primarily
1: i'm katie mccarthy i write for usgamer.net
2: and i'm kyle cook I Write right for nowhere besides uh my own blog that i haven't even wrote for in like six months so
0: yeah. Um, well, Kyle did used to write for Kill Screen with us, but you know now he's like a fancy, you know, startup business uh, VR <laughs> volumetric storytelling guy. Um, and we're pleased to announce that today we actually have a very special guest, uh, an old homie of mine from my New York days and uh, continuing to this day, uh, fellow Hearthstone reporter. <laughs> we could maybe. Oh, uh, maybe we will to talk about Hearthstone? Probably not. Uh, but it's Luke Winky. Luke, <laughs> why don't you uh, introduce yourself a little bit?
3: Yeah, hi. My name is Luke Winky. I'm a I'm a freelance journalist um, that covers video games and and other things for for kind of everywhere you can find good video game content because there's like six video game websites these days. So you know, just <laughs> just search Luke Winky and whatever you might choose, and I might come up somewhere.
2: But is your is your main beat Hearthstone? Like, is that your thing?
3: Uh, it, I got like, I don't know. I covered like Hearthstone Esports a lot in like 2014. Like that's kind of, <laughs> I don't know. Like that was like- That was a while ago. Yeah. It was like one of my first steps, I think, into like, it was like I was in college at that time. I still cover it here and there, but these days, I don't know, man. I don't know what's up with Hearthstone these days. Seems kind of dark over there in Blizzard. Yeah. Or just
2: Josh has just taken all the gigs.
3: Well, I mean, Josh is the Kotaku Hearthstone guy. You try to pitch anything to Steven Totillo about Hearthstone, he's like, nah, sorry, I got Josh on it.
0: Have you have you tried to steal my thunder at Kotaku? Whoa.
3: No, never, Whoa, but buddy. always, I've definitely, I've definitely pitched some, like, newsier Hearthstone thing to him once, and he was like, Oh, we already have our Hearthstone guy on it. I was like, I knew exactly. He's like, you may have heard of uh
2: Joshua Calixto of Rolling Stone. Uh, he's covering it for us. Okay. Well, <laughs> Luke and
0: I like actually used to both write for Glixel together. So this is Luke Winky of Rolling right. Stone as well. That's right. a word that right.
2: I haven't heard wow. in so long. Just already. It's, yeah, it already feels like it's
1: long dead. And I think history. it was like it was like the Friday of E3. Or no, no. Well, technically, okay, so. Brian crescente like that name? After. he like was fired or whatever or let go from variety on like the last right. Friday of e3 which is kind of horrible like is that what happened yeah, yeah like, was let go well, last, he announced shit. like a
3: month a month out though. yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Was he was like oh my last day is this because fr- like, there's a report that came out about it so he had to like publicly be like yeah I'm done like that's right Variety's not doing gaming anymore
0: okay which but that being said Luke, <laughs> he he did write for Rolling Stone. He's also Luke Winky of now New York Times.
3: You got oh, sure. Oh yeah. 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 Tell That's us so about exciting. that. That thing almost got me invited onto Cheddar. By the way, oh, almost. <laughs> I heard but Joshua Calixto like, from
2: <laughs> Rolling Stone might have been on Cheddar though. So I don't. This is what I heard. <laughs> it's just it's a, a New York Times. What's the, what's that? Was it we writing about games? I
3: was writing about gamer fashion for the for Ooh. the New York Times Style section
2: that's a good beat a that's a perpetually good beat it was it esports fashion or like just like streamer fashion or
3: uh kind of like a blend of both it was focusing on like um i guess the main guy was uh the, i forget mike hogg at hundred thieves who basically is running like a streetwear brand with his e-sports right, brand right. they have like like supreme style drops and stuff like that which was <laughs> kind of the impetus of the story but then also kind of digging into some of the other like kind of athleisure sponsorships like dignitas is wearing champion and stuff like that um but i definitely the the stuff with the 100 thieves and them basically turning themselves into like a streetwear brand in a very traditional sense was the thing i found most interesting and i was like validated by it because when the story went up we had photos of the mike hogg guy the ceo of um, 100 thieves and he was like wearing some new hoodie that they had and all the comments on reddit were like well, that hoodie's clean. When's that dropping? It's like,
4: all right, cool. This is a real thing
3: then. I wasn't off base.
2: That's crazy. So I feel like people just realize that like, oh shit, gamers have money. We can sell them weird chairs, shirts, right. yep. headsets. Yep. Chairs. Well chairs. Like, we talked about this before, but like, even like, sorry, Josh, even like five years ago or whatever, you go to Best Buy and like, fuck if you could find a keyboard there for a PC thing. <laughs> and now it's like gamer, like gamer merch is just out there and it's not like I feel like there's not more people like I guess more everyone plays video games now there's more people on the earth than there was five years ago so like maybe in that way we reach some critical mass but it seems like gamer branding and like gamer stuff like I was at fucking Whole Foods recently and they had like the gamer fuel there and I was like wow I never thought I'd see that again in my lifetime but here we are Whole Foods yeah yeah dude
0: yeah but that's the thing is like there's a huge spot open for this type of thing because Everyone knows 90% of gamer fashion shit is like absolute trash. Like every time Uniqlo comes out with like a video game collab, I'm like, oh, finally video game clothes are going to be good. And then it drops and I'm like, this looks like complete and utter shit.
2: They're always bad. It's or it's o- the same
0: pattern. How do you yeah. make Uniqlo come out with fucking bad clothes, dude? That's the video game effect. And 100 Thieves is out here like, hey, if we make, you know, like a fucking baseball shirt with the 100T logo on it, people will buy it. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can make a fucking raglan shirt with like three quarter sleeves and it just has right. a logo on it and it'll look better than 98% of video game shit that comes out. But, Luke, I wanted to ask you because you don't, you know, you write about all types of shit now, dude. I feel like I see you, yes. you're coming out with like insane amounts of stories on a
3: monthly basis. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's just, like what I'm impressed by. I'm you're like, how the fuck do you find the time I mean, I'm
0: just, just trying to
3: keep up with Nicole Carpenter, <laughs> Yeah,
1: you and Nicole are like constantly just like churning out shit. Also, and like, Damn. bad
0: and guest in the past, uh, by the way, Nicole was on the show. Um, right. But, yeah, what, l- let's talk about some of those stories, like what we're your biggest stories of like the past year
3: uh in terms of reach or in terms of like length uh, we, like okay. what, when those like viral reach, or what was like
0: length and then like one that you're proudest of
3: um i mean they're all your I, children i'm, I'm probably, sure probably the self-fucking story did really well for for mail magazine i don't know if you remember that the, what <laughs> i'm not trying to get too please blue, elaborate but, I mean, I don't know what kind of podcast this is. Uh, but, we have no rules uh,
2: yet. <laughs>
4: I think we have All a right, yeah, mature whatever. rating it's, this, is,
3: this isn't live. We can start over. Okay. Um, so uh, there's a uh, a, subred- a community that I discovered um, <laughs> called r slash self And what that is, is when you're a dude and you put your flaccid dick into your butt <laughs> kind of like around the around the thing. <laughs> and at that point you get hard that was the one thing they made very clear Ooh. you cannot do this while you're already hard you will injure yourself you have to be soft first and then you just you know you just do you just go to town man you just, you just have a good time um and they were super enthusiastic gave me great quotes and uh that was like uh, I remember my New York Times editor messaging me about that story. I was like, "Yeah, you know, I can. I, I'm all over the map when it when it comes to stuff." Uh, <laughs> that like, was probably the one that I remember most fondly. The internet reaction to <laughs> in the past handful of months.
0: Did you get the? Um, uh, did you get the uh, God, slow news sort of day? Like, huh? Comment.
3: Right. Yeah.
4: Exactly.
3: <laughs> uh, I I don't know. Like, I I wrote like a long profile for Deadspin about this wrestling interview guy that I thought was pretty interesting. That's like kind of niche and involves a lot of like cultural context. I understand, but I thought that came over. That was for Deadspin. um, I had my first, first vulture story recently, you know, just, just try to, I went into this year wanting to write for more places and that's what I've been trying to do this year. And then my next step is I want to write longer stuff, mm-hmm. you know, than the, the 8,000 word Luke winky profile coming <laughs> soon, maybe in the next two years, you know, um, maybe wh- we'll where s- does
2: that go? Like, where do you, like, if you were to pitch an 8,000-word piece?
3: Yeah, this is the thing I'm trying to figure out. I think usually when stuff like that happens, I have to imagine um, it's usually a magazine that you have a relationship coming to you with something. Um, It's got to be pretty hard to just, you know, kind of cold pitch. (laughs) A super long form magazine feature like that. But I've not really tried anything that ambitious pitch wise. So maybe I'm underestimating how diff- or overestimating how difficult that is. I, I mean, that's the next thing I want to figure out. I'll tell you that. Mm.
0: I mean, you know, maybe you'll t- even take on some video game crit. <laughs> yeah, I don't, that's never going to happen. <laughs> that's the Luke one is very, about. like, not a critic. Like, we, I remember we no. used to talk about this, but like, you're just your perspective on like video game criticism was always just like, it does not seem worth it t- to you. Is, is that, is that still where you <laughs> yeah. stand on that?
3: Um, I mean, I, I, there's people I like to read, uh, you know, like I like I, I was, like, I was super stoked to read. Like, I remember like counting down the day to like, I, am really excited to read Kirk Hamilton's, uh, Red Dead review. Like I was like excited to dive into that and go through that. There's like stuff like that, that I'm like, that I'm jazzed for, but I don't, I just, it's never been something that, interest, which is weird because I started out in writing as like a, I wrote a lot of record reviews, you know, as like a 19 year old, mm. I would write like album reviews, but <laughs> maybe I just burnt out from doing that a ton in college, but I don't know. I think it's way more interesting to like go find a story. Like generally that's, that's, that's more fun to me. I think it's easier to, I think it's, I think it's way easier to be like, I'm going to try to tell your story as best as I possibly can instead of like trying to come up with my own, you know concise narrative on something
4: yeah it's way easier um,
3: (laughs) yeah you live
2: in so so you live in new york right
3: yeah yeah i live in brooklyn do
2: you have a lot of that um like i always associate and i mean rightfully so because i worked at a games publication but like it's a lot of people mostly in their rooms like seeking stories online but new york is kind of a place where there's like a lot of shit going on do you feel like is there a lot of like boots on the ground sort of like gotta go to this place and like find a story sort of thing or is it do you feel like it's still mostly like i think it's like online enough
3: i think that's more of like kind of if you're like a local reporter you probably do more of that stuff like the main advantage i found for being in new york is just kind of being in the midst of like the media culture for lack of a term you know and also just like um you know stuff comes through new york pretty often it's it's like a lot of times if you're like looking like you'll get like a press release hey i'm gonna have so and so in new york if you want to do something with them so like, I, I would actually like i find that to be pretty pretty useful yeah but, um like i've only done like like three or four stories out here where i was like you know kind of knocking on doors and doing stuff like that
2: was one of them a fighting game story
3: no but that's, that's that sounds pretty good yeah i just feel like yeah. everybody
2: who like does a in institute situ new york stories though it's about like fighting games or like video games right. in new york
3: but yeah that um <laughs> that's the two it's kind of amazing how fighting games have retained like that kind of punk rock mentality that you need to like go there and to participate. yeah yeah yeah. it's like the one non-online scene that that exists yeah in games
0: speaking of games have you been have you been playing any video games recently luke
3: yeah, I mean, I saw you guys talked about uh, uh, Void Bastards on a show or two ago, right? So we don't have, need to. Well, I think we like Footbilly
2: talked about <laughs> we it. We were it. like Void <laughs> Bastards, and then we moved on.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that game is mad good. I was I was playing it. Uh, I was playing it on National Video Game Day a couple days ago. Um, that was my. <laughs> that was kind of my return back into the field. I was I was out here for a wedding. Yeah, and I was showing my girlfriend around my hometown, so not not a ton of gaming going on, but I was playing a lot of Void Bastards, which I, I, I that game that's that's a good game. I really enjoy its aesthetic. I really enjoy. Yeah, it's I, good. I don't know why you guys are flipping about it, but I was. I, I, I think
0: that's like the 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 only thing I really enjoy about the game is the aesthetic. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I so I actually did quite play quite a bit of Void Bastards, probably like five or six hours of it. And right. I just felt like I kept saying like seeing like the same shit over and over. It was kind of yeah. like husk of a rogue, like with like kind of shitty first person shooter elements. That's like borderline right. on rails type shit where you're just like going through rooms and you know it's a lot more about like the numbers game of like do i have enough health are the enemies bullets strong enough to kill me as opposed to like the you know playing it right or having like a certain style or skill or what have you um which you know is fine and i think like at its core that fucking roguelike gameplay loop is just like it just has this this aura about it where it's like, Oh, this feels good. This is like inviting. This is warm. I can come back and play this more. And I think that's like the biggest thing that void bastards has going for it on top of having like an interesting art style. Right. But I don't know how much more I could say for the game besides that. You know what I'm saying?
3: Like, yeah, no, I, 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 I totally get that. I, I guess like the deeper I've gotten, I found a lot of versatility and what I can do. Like I have this gun now where like I like warp people out of time and space and I can put them where I want. So now I, whenever I see one of those, one of the big screw guys, it'll just wipe the floor with you. I I, I zap them out of time and space and I put them behind a door and then I lock the door behind them and I'm just like, well, I'm, I'm just never going back through that door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But stuff like that I've kind of enjoyed. Um, at the beginning though, when you're just running around with that pea shooter and not a whole lot else, there's there's not a ton going on. But I, I also like I don't know, like you said, something about. You know, getting that material and building my new shop. I, I really like looking at my workbench and seeing all the stuff I can build. I don't know. I, 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 it's not going to be my game of the year or anything, but I've, i it's, it's resonating with me in in that kind of rogue likey way.
2: It's got like, I mean, it's definitely got a good feel. Like the, yeah. I think the aesthetic is like so choice and, like all right. of like the UI and like the interactions feel good. I'm with Joss. The shooting kind of feels a little flat, but yeah. generally, like it engaging with the game feels good, but. I mean, Josh, kind of to your point, like I wonder if we're starting to see like the sunset of the roguelike as like a kind of hype genre. And I wonder if this is kind of an indication of some fatigue there. Sure. Where like the like the style of like a roguelike as being in vogue is now kind of moving out of the spotlight. So people are starting to like you can get tired of a a roguelike in a new way that like if FTL came out like now, you wouldn't it might I think FTL is really good it's probably a bad example but like something like that comes out now and you're like I don't whatever it's another roguelike um whereas at the time because it used to be a really niche genre and now it's been like subsumed in multiple aspects by like other games in general um that like just playing a roguelike now is like uh oh, this would have been really cool like 4 years ago but
0: like <laughs> it's, not,
4: it's yeah. not doing much for me I, now I think like the right. standard
0: for being an interesting roguelike is just getting higher you know what i'm saying like yeah. if rogue legacy came out today it would just be like a an okay roguelike whereas like when that shit came out right. it was like the roguelike for a while uh and there's massive buzz around it even though you know when i think about rogue Re- legacy now it wasn't anything like super super special in the scope of like what roguelikes look like you know what i'm saying like dead cells did a lot better of a job of like doing what it did. I mean, yeah. it came out a couple years later, but the principle is there. Like I think right. there's just more stuff to compare these things to. Mm-hmm. And so it's getting harder and harder to have like a quote good
3: roguelike out there, I think. Yeah. I also like something about I'm oh, sorry, Katie, I mean, oh, to catch you off. I was yeah. I
1: was going to say like I feel like the roguelikes that are standing out to me are the ones that are doing something different, you know? Like, Dead Cells, are still, like, a sense of progression, so it's not like you're just, like, starting from scratch all the time. And I feel like the roguelikes that are, like, actually hitting are ones that are, like, tweaking the formula in an interesting way, and or just, like, are just very polished and feel good, but are also offering more than just, like, another roguelike.
3: Yeah. Have any of you guys ever pissed off any roguelike dude about, like, roguelike nomenclature? Have you ever got, like, actually, that's a roguelike... (laughs) I have road lights. Yeah, I've <laughs> directly Red Red. Red. done that. I get but, that
1: yeah, yeah, I get that in the comments sometimes. I'm like, whatever, dude. Like, there's whatever. also <laughs>
4: there's
2: there was a episode of the um the Spelunky show like, which is the like Spelunky podcast that's done by um. It's this is like a Spelunky age. podcast. Yeah, it's actually it's really good. But it's they it talk about Spelunky, but now it's kind of I wouldn't say devolved, it's evolved into like <laughs> right. just general game design discussion where they'll get on really cool designers, but They had an episode with, um, uh, Reagan Burns, who's one of the guys behind, uh, N++ and like in, and he, he's like a big roguelike fan and he was like kind of driving this kind of hard line. I'm pretty sure it was him. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong listeners, but, um, basically driving this hard line where there was like, literally there's a thing. Are you familiar with the idea of like the Berlin interpretation of roguelites <laughs> no. so literally there was a rogue there was a roguelike <laughs> conference like i think we'll say it was like seven or eight years ago and people who were like roguelike fans long before it was like a popular genre got together and were like this is what a roguelike is and they literally like hashed right. out for like right. hours um what a roguelike is and so his whole thing is like he God. um he's like he's like kind of it's obviously great that there's more stuff that's coming out but he's like pissed because people are using the term roguelike to describe stuff that's just not even like a roguelike so like something like rogue legacy comes up where he's basic his argument is essentially that the ideas the ideas of roguelike like all the stuff in like the berlin interpretation or whatever it's <laughs> well called. it's not up
3: to you bro i'm sorry that's like but he's,
2: his thing is basically like people are just saying now like games and where you die are how are roguelikes? It's like if you could if you die and lose progress, it's a roguelike. There's no all the other parts of roguelikes people have just not actually engaged with. Even like Spelunky is like he's like it's like it's kind of like a roguelike. You get loot and you die, but like none of the other stuff that describes a roguelike. What are the is other like criteria?
0: This.
2: I'm trying to look up the Berlin interpretation right <laughs> you now. You lose money right. <laughs> I thought about it's it like for fifteen so.
3: <laughs> hours. If it's not an assy it's not a roguelike. Yeah. Here we Sorry. go.
2: The Berlin interpretation of roguelikes <laughs> from roguebasin.com. Uh, oh my god so the
0: berlin interpretation 20000 <laughs> like
1: yeah it sounds Bond like movie. so fucking official
0: The a <laughs> interpretation of metroidvania okay so the
2: definition of roguelike was created at the international roguelike development conference in 2008 mm, mm. and is a product of discussion between all who attended uh the definition all 10
1: a-
0: attendees
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're like the disciples uh, of roguelikes <laughs> Look let's like see scripture. high value
2: factors okay these is just these are just the things um random environment generation permadeath turn-based that's a big one that is like every roguelike but not a lot of the modern things we think of roguelikes or roguelikes uh grid-based also i think the thing is basically like spelunky had some claim to roguelikes and all these games that are coming out are more like spelunky likes and less like roguelikes especially when they're platformers like dead cells is like spelunky like but with progression or something so, grid based, non modal, uh, complexity, resource management, hack and slash, exploration and discovery, low value factors are single player characters, monsters are similar to players, tactical challenge, ASCII display dungeons this is like and then numbers to describe this is stuff
0: n- the berlin interpretation is fucking dumb in my opinion well josh <laughs> i had a great
2: news for you because on this article it says controversy whoa in his article screw the berlin interpretation darren gray accuses the berlin interpretation of being inaccurate outdated,
1: outdated. and unrepresentative
2: of a vibrant open genre well in particular he ridicules features such as ascii and dungeons as being irrelevant to a genre that traditionally prioritizes gameplay mechanics over aesthetics or setting he criticizes the common use of the Berliner interpretation as the go-to roguelike definition.
0: I think the problem with video game genres is that the people that come up with them are either video game journalists slash critics who are already not to be trusted, just like in a general sense, or, or, they come from fucking memes that are jokes that we end up having to like <laughs> cater to like fucking walking simulator. Like how many hours lifetimes? people have kind of embraced that. How, one, but though, what I'm saying is how many simulator. like lifetimes worth of hours have been spent <laughs> discussing the minutia of what constitutes a walking simulator. Jesus fucking Christ. Like
3: it's like an important thing to grow out of. I mean, like it, like no one talks about genre and music anymore, you know? Yeah. Like, just move on. Yeah. You don't see Scream out there being like, no, dubstep was like this, guys. You're fucked up. Yeah, uh shoe gaze cool. actually By the way, requires
0: this... this many watts from your amp.
4: <laughs> Shit gaze. <laughs>
3: that was on run up. That was a real genre there for a little bit. Um the, this roguelike thing is happening. It's not it's not called it's now called roguelike celebration because the other thing doesn't happen anymore. And it's happening in twenty nineteen this October in San Francisco. So Katie, Whoa. you should uh,
2: go Ooh. cover it. All
1: right, here I go. I'll get the the loadout on the Berlin
4: interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> you should,
1: the uh, you should Rogue Lake just celebration. Sling that around. You could wear
2: a t shirt that says "Ask me about the Berlin interpretation." Just, <laughs> I'm an really expert. <laughs>
1: yeah,
3: I mean, I do kind of, I do kind of like when like a scene like that has this miles deep lexicon of you know all bullshit, but still, I'm I'm just happy that it's there. You know, it's just, the, this just is like this is cool. I think
2: the guys. Uh, this is like Reagan's position in the podcast that he's just like he's like there's all this history here. And people are just shitting on it <laughs> it's like we've we've talked about this for the past 20 years and it's like someone just came in and was like hey fuck you we're gonna use your term to describe something that is not actually this thing and he's like uh, uh, what?
3: Imagine if that doctrine existed for like platformers and then when they put like a double jump in Mario 64 it's like no dude single, single jump is jump. a tenet just of the Kyoto
0: interpretation of platforming <laughs> 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 The Geneva interpretation. I mean, the, like, didn't we just have another fucking discourse about Metroidvanias? W- wasn't yeah. that... Oh, yeah. That last week yeah.
1: before? Oh, God. recently.
0: I swear to God, that's the, man. That's
1: friend like of the, the show, Joshua Rivera, sta- started yeah. that one.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Uh-huh. Sorry, Luke. Yeah, he what did you wrote say?
1: Well, yeah. What
3: was his take?
1: Anything's Metroidvania, the name is stupid... I didn't read the actual that's, that's, article. I just saw it being passed. I think around it was that I was, exactly. I was like, like, "Oh no, poor Joshua."
2: It was that it's like mm. exclusionary because it's like it's like a it's a ter- it's like a term that you wear, and all of a sudden you're like inside of a GameStop or something because <laughs> it's just like this like yeah. nerdy term that like has no inherent meaning. And I think he had some argument about like specifically the way genres are. His his argument was basically both: it's not inclusive, and it's like distancing. But also that even in kind of inside of game genre definitions, it doesn't make sense. And on one hand, I'm like yes. On the other hand, I'm like genres in general are dumb. So it's like a it feels like a straw man to say it doesn't fit with the idea of a genre. Because I also think like souls like is a thing, but it's like I think it's a similar similar idea.
1: I feel like I'm on the same. Page. I feel like I kind of used to have that thing where I was like, yeah, Metroidvanias are, like, too insular. Like, people that don't know what Castlevania or Metroid are aren't gonna fucking know what that means. But nowadays, I'm like, whatever. Like, who who cares? I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, like, less... I don't know. No, I, the wrong word. I'm less, like, annoyed by those terms, I guess. Like, And same, like, Roguelike is from Rogue. Like, that's also from a yeah. game, and it's like... Yeah, it's like a stupid genre name, but, like what are you gonna do i don't know like what's the alternative like action there was a um, that you can run around double back okay. <laughs> like, well it's like, like how
2: there was like doom clones became first person shooters
1: yeah exactly um
2: <laughs> there was like a I remember i took a class in college that was about nothing related to the thing that i'm going to say but basically there was a there's a part of the class where um it was about educating people in scientific literacy specifically around like like, when a, when a doctor does something in science, they, like, write a paper to report it. And there was a basically a debate in class that was about, like, it's hard for, like, a normal human, so to speak, to, like, read these papers because they use scientific diction. Um, but the argument was, like, should it be written more plainly so everybody can understand this research? And then there were kind of two schools. One was, like, yes, it'd be great for people to understand what scientists are talking about. And then someone else was just and another side of the argument was like, well, like th- they're talking to the audience is not necessarily you. It's the other scientists and they obviously have their own ways of speaking and diction in order to kind of like move the thing forward. So should it this special
3: just like gamers, right?
2: Just like gamers. Yeah. It's like, I feel like Metroidvania is like, it's an end term, but you don't get mad at like the Audubon society for naming birds, weird things. Like, it's like, why is that one called a red fluffy one? It's like, well, there's a reason it's not called a red fluffy one because there's like this other stuff going on. So I view it as the same way. where like, it's, it's part of like the culture. It's just, it comes with the thing. Games don't have to be this certain thing that just appeals to everyone. And the fact that they have no identity, it's like, if you want to engage with games, like maybe you need to learn the term Metroidvania once you're like in enough to care about it.
3: My only qualm is it should be one or the other. It should be Metroid-like or Castlevania-like. Damn. <laughs> Metroidvania is fucking a real stupid. Take. Yeah, it's, a a it's, true it's take. like it's which one? Which which franchise came out first? Yeah, there, <laughs> that's <laughs>
0: extremely fucking like game journalists came up with it core term.
3: I remember when that game showed up. It was after Shadow Complex in like 2008. That's when I that's when that term started oh, yeah. getting thrown around. So that's exactly You know
0: what, what we need to do? We need to come up Corner the bad end interpretation of
2: Metroidvania. <laughs> well like,
1: oh like we'll the name.
2: That'll be a special episode for <laughs> Patreon subscribers where we talk
1: <laughs> for 4 hours. For yeah.
0: <laughs> we just decide which video game gets it, Castlevania or Metroid? Yeah. Um, I'd say uh, Metroid personally.
1: Well, which one came I, I first? Agree. Metroid. I feel like Metroid is more probably. someone just lit a firework, it's like not even dark out. I just heard a firework. It's not
0: even Fourth of July anymore, man.
1: Yeah. I, I miss there's like some loud noises happening all around my apartment, and I don't know what's going on. So I apologize for what's It's listeners. the big, one, the big one. It's the big one, yeah. <laughs> uh
3: so the first oh, uh oh, we actually too. we have a we have a bit of an impasse because the first Castlevania game came out in 1986. The first Metroid game came out in Japan, also in 1986. Oh, oh. <laughs> so I don't know.
2: Maybe that's maybe, why. Maybe, maybe that's that why fine, it's then.
1: like both of them. Like maybe that's why they're. I feel joined, like it's like, Metroid, like no one wants like, to make the calls. Like eh, just put no them one's together.
2: got the same. Like Castlevania also their weird shit that like these games don't have.
3: Yeah. Also, when they say Metroidvania, that they're talking about Symphony of the Night. That is the game. They yeah, are for that's right. yeah. 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 Totally,
1: yeah. 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 So much with games.
2: What else have you guys been playing?
1: Apex. Uh, I, I was
3: also playing uh, 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 Surviving Mars. That's my other game. Anyways, that's 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 all I have on this front. <laughs> oh man, what's that?
1: Is that still going? Is there it's like a new expansion? Strategy, or anything, bro, right?
2: or just... Yeah, they
3: put out a new expansion okay. for it. I mean, I just jumped in for the first time um, fairly recently. It's where you build a, a Martian colony on Mars, like mm-hmm. Elon Musk. You know, <laughs> you, get a, you get government sponsorship and you, you, you harvest water and, and minerals and. And you built a nice little... You can you can have gamers on your colony. One of, the, one of the traits your colonists can have is gamer.
1: That's funny. Are, Are you serious? Build,
3: uh, yeah, man. Also, vegan is one. They have bad and Are the gamers traits. dashing?
1: Like, is vegan bad or good?
3: Now vegan... They, 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 there's like a really tired vegan joke okay. in there of like, oh, they're vegans. Like, don't worry. They'll tell you. It's like, oh, okay, paradise. <laughs> anyway, um, Get it. And... Yeah, it's 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 really fun because you have this whole little Martian colony, and you're like building stuff up, and it's it, you know it's it's like you're spinning plates, you know, you're making sure you have enough electricity, stuff like that. But then like you know, oh shit, an asteroid hit your oxygen supply now. Everyone's just like choking to death. You gotta you gotta move, man. <laughs> you can really like go zero to a hundred. If like, oh no, I don't have enough electricity anymore. My stuff's shutting down, uh, and that's really bad to have happen if you are on Mars. Uh, so it's good. I, I've, I've enjoyed it. It's, it's actually it's a little more approachable than your average uh, paradox joint.
2: It's also it's free on Game Pass, I think, right? Is that true? Maybe
3: the, the Imperator Rome is free on Game Pass. I know that for yeah. sure. that's the 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 Rome, the 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 yeah, Rome yeah, yeah. grand strategy thing. I've not jumped into that, but that's. That's on my list. Game Pass, great service. I got to say, they, they've sold me on Game Pass. So I'm, Love it. I'm in on Game Pass.
2: Don't worry. We just we got your quota. So you can now, you can collect your uh, sponsorship fee after the podcast. Yeah, so.
3: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm a freelancer. It's not even an ethics violation.
2: I got to, um, <laughs> have I guys told you about colonizing Venus? No. On the no. podcast? So, well, definitely um, not me, but you know. If you if you follow me on Twitter and look at my bio, you may know that I used to direct a web show on astrophysics uh, and I basically spent a lot of time with the scientist who, um, was like, just basically he worked in the same museum that like Neil deGrasse Tyson did. And they were like equals in that way. Neil deGrasse Tyson's is way more famous. Um, but so Gabe, if you're listening, I remember you. Um, uh, but he, his whole thing is basically like, so Mars is like super uninhabitable for humans for a lot of different reasons. Um, and not just like it's what it's red and dusty. It's like specifically like gravity stuff will basically introduce bone cancer into your body way sooner than on earth because of like the way gravity works and the way your body works. And it's, you can't like induce artificial gravity on a surface unless you're like sitting inside a turbine on the ground, which kind of defeats the purpose. (laughs) Um, so there's like, there's that. And like a lot of other shit that make Mars a really bad place to, um,
1: uh, like
2: try to colonize. So the thing is that, and this is actually backed by NASA, which I can't remember the name of it. I'll look it up while I'm giving you the spiel, but basically a better idea, although it seems more crazy, is actually try to colonize Venus, which is a gas giant, but specifically because certain altitudes in Venus have the right chemical makeup that are actually better for life and produce a lot of oxygen. But the issue is that because the air is toxic in its own way, you have to wear like a suit but also there's like enough buoyancy in the air that you could basically float cloud cities in Venus that are way more inhabitable than being on Mars because they have the right like uh, gravitational like density. They've got like all the kind of they have, like it's like carbon rich, and nitrogen rich and all this stuff. So it's like a super rich environment. It's just the model for what it looks like to live on Venus is um, <laughs> different than what we associate with Mars, which is like, oh, we'll just put houses on a planet, obviously. <laughs> Holy shit, dude let me try to there's a there's totally a thing it's a nasa has a plan for this oh yeah it's called havoc if you want to look this up it's called h-a-v-o-c which is specifically it's about basically building zeppelins that hover in venus's atmosphere that people live on so that's actually wall-e it's it's it sounds
3: harder than. no it's easier
2: (laughs) it's so much easier because you just fly a thing there and you basically drop the balloon and you're done there's just I think
3: that's you're not you're not. Done. You're, I mean you're
2: done. <laughs> you, know, you finished. You decolonized it. I think the thing is that we have this model of living that has to do with like surface-based life, and we don't consider well,
3: why, why. Why wouldn't we have that? model?
2: Because we have. I mean
1: that's we got to think that's outside a Wall-E. the bun. That's like the whole thing. That Sandy's yeah. living on like a giant spaceship thing colony. Thing. It's called like they're not living on a planet. Anymore. High
2: altitude Venus operational concept. A zeppelin is a word
0: that you only use when describing like theoretical like future <laughs> technology
1: yeah you just call it a blimp with, with some sort but a zeppelin
2: gigantic zeppelin in the sky that we All would listen to, this, to this is this is from this is from nasa.gov the upper atmosphere of venus with similar pressure density and gravity and radiation protection to that surface of uh oh and similar pressure density gravity and radiation protection to that of the surface of the earth is relatively benign at 50 kilometers a lighter than air vehicle could carry either a host of instrument and probes or a habitat and descent vehicle for a crew of two astronauts to explore Venus for up to a month such a mission will require less time to complete than a crewed Mars mission. A recent internal NASA study of Havoc led to the development like of an evolutionary <laughs> program for the exploration of Venus with a focus on the mission architecture and vehicle concept for a 30 day crewed mission into Venus's atmosphere. This project is All right, no so longer Alright so Kyle
3: active. check this out on Mars, we can like go to Mars. We can like land on Mars. But what? And like, I just that feels like a better call. I mean, I'm not an expert, obviously, <laughs> but <laughs> but
2: bone cancer. I feel like, like going just to the you will die from bad, bad gravity. Like your your bones will I'll deteriorate. Die from the fucking
3: poison volcanoes on Venus doesn't matter. So like Don't we're you gonna the edge. die anyway, dude. That's true. Yeah,
1: like no climate change is not gonna be remedied in the next three years, so we're all doomed anyway. You know, it's like. Just, that's just how it is you know what Kyle I you vote for Venus death. I
0: vote for Venus bro <laughs> 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 <On tariff laughs> for hashtag colonize
2: Venus
3: on Terraforming Mars colonized. you can build <laughs> a video game store for oh your my gamers god. to go buy you <laughs> <video serious>? games <laughs> on Mars that's clearly yeah, a dude. video
2: game buy video game people I think increases
3: the happiness of your protect colonizers. your gamers you also build them a casino god it's good the I good. gambled
0: a little bit last yeah, weekend see what you were playing. I won a roulette first time I ever played roulette wow
4: that's not even what.
2: Yeah, so that's like barely gambling. If that's you like all, buying a scratch off ticket.
0: So if y'all, it's not. First of all, there's actually strategies to roulette. Okay. Second of all. Okay. Well,
3: Josh, what we if your strategy? you guys are familiar was it put was so it put it on black? <laughs> let me.
0: In some ways, yes, actually. So <laughs> if you guys are familiar, um, I you know used to win good amounts of money in blackjack on a consistent basis. I did not um, know that.
1: That's my boy. Yeah, I
0: every time I would gamble and play blackjack, I would come back with like 200 bucks. Hell yeah. And uh this happened to me for like years. Every time. And um the last two times I went, I lost money. That was the first, you know, couple times where I've lost mm. money playing blackjack and it just
3: And you try to go to a game with strategy no, like
4: <laughs> it feels really bad.
0: <laughs> this is actually what I was about to say except the complete opposite of that, which is blackjack gives you the illusion that you have some semblance of like playing a hand correctly yes, but at the it, end yes, of the day i mean you know there is something that's gonna like maximize your odds but it's still fucking like 51 percent if you're really really fucking good at the game to 50 percent. so it's like you're not doing that much for yourself in blackjack you're just getting a small advantage if you're fucking learning how to play and count cards for like years and years and years
4: uh, yeah, I
3: was going to ask, Josh, are you counting cards? And I your never count yes. fucking cards. I just Bullshit.
0: Got lucky. I, I don't know how to count cards, okay. man. I just know, you know, you get a 10 plus one, and then if you don't, you just plus zero. You know, that type of shit. Anyway. Oh, like playing Blackjack? Sure, yeah. <laughs> no, that's counting. That's how you count cards. Like, whatever the total is. Do you do you know how counting cards works?
2: Uh, no, So. I don't.
0: <laughs> any card with a 10 or face is worth like one quote like point and uh uh-huh. if you get if you see a card that has no that is not one of those you don't add a point and if you see one that does you do add a point the higher that number is tells you whether you you have a higher chance of getting a face card or not basically the higher that number is the more of those cards that have been dealt and the less likely you are to get one of those cards and those are the cards that like increase your chances of winning at blackjack because it's obviously beneficial for you to get a face card or a 10 card so it it all kind of hinges around that number your percentages you can kind of like get an idea of like what your odds are of getting a face card or a 10 card by keeping account of like how many of those are left in the deck or how many of those you've already been shown uh just an interesting little blackjack fact for you i never was actually able to do that for uh for myself because it, there's a bit more to it than that that's just like the very basic you know tear down of the concept um
3: but you're edge shorting right what's that you're edge shorting right
0: i don't even know what that is
3: <laughs> oh that's when you look at the back of the card you notice where the cards are cut along the edges <laughs> and if they're cut a little bit off the side you remember that card's an eight. And next time you see the back of that card, you Jesus it Christ! Again.
0: Yeah, what? I definitely don't.
3: Yeah, that's that's like extreme next level cheating at cards.
4: Damn.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's really only useful in one situation, which is if the uh dealer has that card. That's the only right, because yeah. your cards are already shown in blackjack anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Anyway, roulette. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the game of skill I kind of realized like roulette's kind of nice cause it's just like you're just fucking leaving it up to fate man it's like you either yeah. win or you don't and if I don't feel as bad when I lose roulette cause it's like it was like a fucking coin flip what am I gonna do with blackjack it's like oh I played this hand so wrong and you go like rethinking all your mistakes and shit but what's crazy about roulette <laughs> Is that there actually is a strategy to this game. There are multiple strategies to this game that have been like kind of compiled over the years, and it's really interesting. I did not use any of those. I just got lucky. Do you guys know how roulette works? Yeah.
3: Yeah. The the ball lands on the thing. Yeah. Yeah, but you can That's about but you
0: can bet as many you can bet like <laughs> can bet on multiple different you things. You can you can, you can bet. bet so that you win every yeah, time. You can hedge
3: you can hedge your bets. Yeah. I mean You can bet 20 on red and 50 on black. So if you miss your black, you You could
0: leave with nothing essentially. Um, (laughs) But basically, you know, they make you put $10 on the table at least. So you can put, you know, $1 on 10 different numbers. But what's crazy is if you get, if one of those numbers shows up, it's 35 to one. So you get $35 back. If you hit one of those numbers and, um, So, what I did is, like, I would just randomly put, like, three chips on one of the numbers, and then, like, I would hit it. And so, you get, like, 35 times three or whatever, and then all of a sudden, you're playing with the fucking casino's money, and you're just like, fuck yeah, let's just fucking roll all night, baby. So, um, I played a bunch of that, came out with, like, up 170, and then I played uh, the following day and lost 40, so I ended up, like, plus 120 or whatever.
3: You were just playing roulette this whole um, time.
0: <laughs> I mean, roulette is a pretty quick game. You like one spin, you're out ten bucks. So, you yeah, played like you know, if I play four spins, that's forty bucks. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put more than forty on the table when I'm coming. You ever, you
3: ever go to that casino by JFK? No, there's no. a casino by JFK. <laughs> yeah, but there's no dealers. It's all, it's all digital. Oh, yeah, is it all so slots? Have like a roulette wheel? Yeah, an automated. Yeah, a lot of slots. A lot of um digital blackjack a lot of digital roulette well not there's a roulette table but it's all run by the machines but you can still bet on i remember
2: this reminds me of like like, pretty silly growing up you know a place with like not a lot of like when we were younger like games uh video game culture is not where it's at now where um like you would be like going on a road trip and you see a gas station where it's like video games and you're like fuck yeah i'm gonna play mario here and you go inside and it's like Video oh. slots. And you're like, what?
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's like
2: a thing. Like people use the phrase like video games to talk about like digital gambling things. And as a kid, it's just perpetually right. disappointed. Or because... like gaming,
0: or, or is like
3: yeah, the it's game. like a yeah, like, oh, gaming you're corner. Like, yeah. yeah, your mom's booking a hotel in like Orlando, and it's like, oh, it says here it has gaming. Yeah, you're like,
2: yeah. <laughs> like, oh, and you're like, oh it's, it's fucking slots.
3: No, they have a single N64. <laughs>
2: this is i'm interested like josh you're talking about this is a video game podcast however we also like games in general you're talking about snooker as well on yes bad end discord
0: yes i got a pool table and i've been watching like as i do this this is what fucking esports has done to my brain it's eroded my brain and it's made me every time i start getting into a sport i start i just like research i look at like the main strategies the form where you're supposed to do the history the big strategies the big like shifts that have taken place over time and um it's it's it, it gives me like an idea of like how to play the game how like pros do it what they do how they handle themselves obviously nothing substitutes for practice but like knowing what to practice I find very helpful personally Um, and like YouTube is very helpful for that anyway I started just watching games of pool and I'd be like god what these guys do is fucking amazing yeah. and I started yeah. watching snooker which is a British like version of billiards where the balls are quite a bit smaller the table is 11 feet long okay this is fucking insane if you go to if you go to like a Pool hall or like a bar that has a pool table those are like seven uh seven feet long the ones that are like nicer home tables will be like eight feet and then the professional size one's nine feet the snooker table is 11 feet like it's huge it's massive and um the rules of the game are like super arcane and weird. And there's all this pageantry. You have to wear like a fucking snooker (laughs) outfit and vest. Um, (laughs) It's like a very classy sport, but it's so fucking interesting to watch because the way that this game, like the game is about, can you do something extremely difficult with pinpoint accuracy every single time you come to the table? And if you screw up your opponent comes to the table and they're just going to take advantage. You're kind of expected to just like keep running and running and running. And it's more inspected for you to succeed than it is for you to fail uh, at this game. And so that being the expectation, I think that's like a really interesting thing to test for in a sport. Cause that's just, it's like kind of rare, honestly, yeah. like most sports are about, like, how high can you jump? Like how athletic are you? Um, you know, you know, poker is about like a game of like deception and you know not showing your emotions and shit like that. This is a game about like just coming to the table and doing this fucking routine, practiced thing, and not letting like anything else get into your head. Um, and these things last for like hours, uh, but it's amazing. Yeah, it's
3: like any. I mean, like that's like like any solitaire sport, like bowling or darts, right? Things kind of. like Yeah, that. yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely. Um, this does seem there's a bit more interactivity with snooker because the whole the, what being snookered is, is if you essentially like hook your opponent and they can't get a clear shot at the red balls, which is like, there's a big cluster of red balls and every turn you have to hit a red ball in to the pocket first, and then you can hit a different color ball into the pocket and then you have to hit another red and then you can hit a different color. Then you have to hit another red and so on and so forth until all the balls are gone. Um, that's the basic idea of how snooker works but um that being said like there's also been some really big quote metagame shifts over snooker's history which that is like any sort of shifting metagame story that's the shit that like ugh, it it just hits my like <laughs> it, like the most interesting <laughs> shit in the world centers in my brain where i'm like what this one person came along and changed the way like They play this game. And I think that's awesome. Like, there was this one player who came about and just started playing really aggressively. He would always play to win, even if he had an easier shot that was like the better option to take. He would just play anything that allowed him to stay on the table for as long as possible. Um, He wouldn't play defensively. And that is like a style that was picked up by other people. The only problem with that style is that you have to be really fucking good because if you play that offensively and you screw up then you're giving your opponent like a chance to get back into the game way easier so the the fact that like one of the biggest strategies for this game revolves around like just being really really fucking good at it (laughs) is like just so nuts and it just raised the level at which you have to compete in snooker like you just have to be really really fucking good to play with the optimal strategy um but yeah i love that shit like i could talk about that for days and you should honestly watch some snooker it's really interesting <laughs> it's really really interesting i swear
2: i play the um i play the shit out of pool yeah i'm pretty good oh are you uh yeah, yeah yeah i was actually at a bar last weekend i don't know if, so if you guys don't know Brooklyn, off? uh mm. not showing off but like brooklyn has a pretty mm-hmm. good pool culture which is like basically – this is probably might just be bar pool in general, but Brooklyn especially I found is really great where basically like if you're playing at a table, people assume that you're playing a rotation where if you're playing singles or doubles, I guess you'll establish that based on who's on the table before. But basically if someone is playing at a table and you can basically go up to the table and put a quarter on the rim of the board and then you're basically saying, hey, I have next game against winner – and then what happens is that if you win that game, well, okay, guess so you'll play. And then whoever wins that game basically keeps the table. So you basically can get this sort of like king of the hill organic thing where like you can go into a pool hall, and someone might be like running a table for like three games, and you got your quarter up there, and then like you get really close to trying to beat this person, and everybody else in the bar who's been watching this person like you know just fucking wreck for the past three games is all of a sudden really invested in watching this person leave the table. So it's just kind of really cool just culture of like, it's it's got this kind of like pickup sport play style, despite being like outside the context of something like baseball or like soccer that you might normally associate with that. But it's it's kind of cool where it's just like a public arena that's kind of anybody can join. It's not like official. The rules aren't written down anywhere. Um, that's like Street Fighter. So yeah, I won. It's, yeah, it's kind of like Street Fighter. But you don't bring your own pool stick, you know. You know? Sometimes you go <laughs> and it's just it's
4: just Daigo.
0: <laughs>
3: you can
2: Daigo yeah. sitting there.
0: Yeah, you can bring your own pool stick. You know,
2: I mean, if you're like crazy, but
3: I mean, apparently you're not that deep into the
2: pool culture. I've never owned pool stick, so. Um. Hey, Kitty, what have you been playing for video
1: games? <laughs> Me, I was having some internet issues. so I was like very quiet because I was like apparently he's gonna drop out again. Uh, but I've been playing a lot of Apex Legends oh. which just hit season two and I still like that game. I don't know, they changed <laughs> a bunch of like the meta and shit. I don't know, like the there's new hop ups, which are the attachments for your guns. So like there's like one gun, the Mozambique, which is like basically like a meme. Like everyone makes some of the stupid gun. It has like a triangle like shoot pattern and it's just like basically like fucking splashing water on someone. It's like
4: fucking useless.
1: <laughs> They even, like, added, like, an animation where, like, you throw away the gun and it's, like, very dramatic. Like, you're, like, done with that. And it's, like, they were, like, totally, like, hamming it up and, like, embraced how everyone hated this stupid gun. Right. But they actually made it useful, which kind of, like, bums me. I'm, like, man, they really didn't stick with it. They didn't stick with, like, keeping this gun shitty. Like, now you can put on this attachment and it has, like, increased damage to, like, unshielded targets. So it's, like, great for, like, finishing off someone or, like, in the opening scramble of a match. It's like actually super useful. It's like pretty powerful. You can do like a hundred if you get like a good shot what? on someone. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, Damn. it's fucking nuts. Well, it's what's... like the people are calling it OP now, which is kind of funny. It's like that's like the fucking opposite <laughs> of like a month ago. Yeah. Uh, but that's been really fun. Well, what's like, what's
3: the what's the happiness level of the Apex community these these days?
1: it seems pretty happy like at least like parsing from reddit because that's like one of my beats at uh us gamer and it seems like pretty positive like the only thing is like yeah people are saying the hop-ups are too op because now you'll see like a lot of people having the mozambique and the alternator because the alternator and some other pistol have a new hop-up too which is like increased damage to shielded targets so if like you have that duo you can like fucking whittle down someone's shield and then plop out the mozambique just to get them in one hit and it's kind of right. crazy um but you also have to be pretty good i still feel like there's like a skill level to it it's not like just like oh damn this thing is like so powerful it's impossible right. it's just like oh those guns are viable now like like i guess that's how i see it <laughs> but i can see them nerfing both um hop-ups a little bit because people have been complaining a little bit about it um but largely like the season pass is a lot better like there's this new challenge system they implemented. So basically it's like more like a fortnight thing where like there's daily and weekly challenges um that refresh every 24 and week or whatever uh and those are like pretty fun like i don't know it's just like I, f- I like them because they encourage you to play as different characters and usually i just get stuck with just being octane all the time and now i'm like okay i should switch it up a little bit and i don't know it's it's fun it's fun it's nice to get back into it again i feel like it still just feels good and it's the yeah. best battle royale around, in my opinion. Like, yeah. I think it's just, like, you know, plays well. I like the map changes they did. I like the weapon changes. I like the new stuff. The battle pass is better, so it feels like I'm actually working towards something. Even though yeah. I'm not... I'm still not crazy about the skins. It's pretty weak in that de- department, which is kind of a bummer, because, like, if it had, like, fun skins, it would be, like, more fun in that way. But it's more like I just play because I like how it feels, the gun feel and shit. <laughs> it's it's um- kind of...
3: It's amazing to me how, like, that game was announced and released and it's been through so much within yeah. six months, you know? It's, <laughs> yeah, it's insane.
1: Not even six months because it was, like, March or February, Yeah, it was, like, February, right? I, so I think, like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's, like, yeah. five
3: months. It's bizarre. Like, man, what a video games are so weird now in terms of just how much can happen to a game in, like, such a short amount of time.
1: Yeah, and the new season's weird because I feel like it's, well... The community seems really happy, and like I'm like having a great time with it. It doesn't feel like it's bringing new people in, yeah. if it, if that makes sense. It just seems like it's like kind of like keeping people that were playing it in. Like it's a weird thing where I kind of feel bad for respawn. I'm like I don't know what y'all can do, because I feel like this is a great season. Like it's a they they did everything that people asked for. Yeah, I, I feel like it's but just like I'm like I don't know. Number I three guess, on
3: Twitch right yeah. now. <clears throat> huh.
1: It's oh, just hey, like,
2: okay. yeah. it's the kind of game that was built to attract people who are interested in the thing that was the fad at the time, which is probably like the issue with it, so to speak, which is that if you're chasing the fad, the fad's going to shift under your feet. So it's like, yeah, you might get like huge cash payout for like two months, but then the next thing will come out and all that audience is going to go to the next thing. Like, I think that the reason people have stuck with like PUBG or something is because it's just been around the longest and it was like one of the first so, like, just chasing that seems like...
1: And I hear that's good again. It's Archie pretty good. It's pretty good. Shocking to me. I haven't played that. I haven't played that in a hot minute. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not since last year. And I that was, like, my game for a long time. And just, like, how Apex was my game for, like, two months. And then I stopped playing for, like, all of May. And then this new season happened, and I was like, ah, I guess I'll play it again. And now I'm like, oh, okay, I see. I remember why this game was fun and why I liked it. The only downside is like all my friends have like bounced off it. So I'm just kind of like playing alone <laughs> and I have the season pass on PS4. So I'm like literally alone. Like there's nothing. There's
4: no one
0: for me. What's funny to me is that like I would watch this streamer guy who's like the most like petulant baby streamer of all time. His doctor. No, no, it's um, no, I guess he probably is a little bit more, but this guy is it's Mendoku side. You know who this guy is? He used to be a, uh,
1: I feel like I've heard he used that be a pro
0: name. overwatch player. But like he, he he's the kind of guy who just every video he's like, you know, when something there's like a bug or something, he's like, this is the right, fucking worst yeah. game ever. If they had, only, know. you know, if they had made this gun more powerful and this and if they had released a little bit more skins and content and if they had a ranked mode, they, they wouldn't be at risk of dying like they are now. But they're not catering to their most hardcore players. <laughs> and that's why this game is going to fail. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like <laughs> you're a fucking idiot, dude. The reason <laughs> why these games fall out of favor is because like that's just the way that fucking video games work. Like I know. Your game yeah. is popular and then it's not. Every Yeah. Dude, every first-person shooter multiplayer game has an expiration date on it. Like that's why they yeah. come out with a new Call of Duty every fucking year, man. Like think about that shit. Unless you're coming up with some like I a mean, brand new genre of game. I think that's probably
3: like a a dying model a little i think i think in some ways the yearly call of duty model seems almost kind of old school these days
0: yeah
1: yeah i'm still i'm surprised they're seems so call of duty is like such a weird case right like i feel like they're almost just focusing on black ops and now they're bringing back modern warfare and it right. feel and black ops is still going hard know, like yeah. they just
4: People still play that game release
1: yeah like and yeah I was, I was playing black ops up until may like i haven't dipped in in a minute but i was still playing it because i have a friend who plays it regularly so it's like oh yeah let's hop on for a few matches right. and then turns into like a few hours but yeah like they just dropped like this new fucking huge ass zombies map uh that's basically um from what i've heard it sounds like a mini open world thing i don't like understand <laughs> it's like the biggest map they've done wow. or they're stitching in there a bunch of things i'm like all right like y'all fucking People love zombies for some reason. I don't. That's like the one part of Call of Duty I just like. I don't touch that.
3: I was kind of uh, out on zombies till yeah. this latest game. I kind of enjoyed it. This anyway, keep going.
1: Yeah. I was, was uh, amazed how they
3: brought me in though in zombies.
1: Cause I I got brought in with like Blackout. Cause yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I, I like covered it. some of the battle royale person might works." work. So I'm like, okay, I'll I'll check out Call of Duty. And I was like, kind of like flipping about it. Yeah. But then I got really into the multiplayer part, like not Blackout related, uh, mm-hmm. which I didn't expect. I haven't gotten into a Call of Duty game in like mm-hmm. years. And just I don't know, I had a great time Black Black Ops, and it yeah, it just feels like they're still going. Like I feel like I'm hearing more about Black Ops than Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare is the new one out this year, which is strange. So I wonder if they're gonna change the annual thing. Like I wonder if they're just gonna keep Black Ops going for a minute. And also, Modern Warfare, and then maybe yeah. like the year after it'll be like the next Black Ops. Like I, I thought, wonder if that's gonna be a thing that's happening.
3: So, I thought they were gonna do that World War II, and maybe they would have if that game performed better. But, like, something about yeah. the name of it, like Call of Duty World War II, and then some of the <laughs> the hub stuff of like, oh, this is like the hub you kind of get into. And oh, go,
1: yeah, that was weird. Yeah, all, all that stuff
3: made me think, oh, maybe this is gonna be like, was it Sledgehammer? Like, maybe this Sledgehammer is gonna keep supporting this for like a while, and that's gonna be their thing. So, and that didn't end up happening, but I, you know. I have to imagine people are still going to be playing Black Ops Four come November, maybe I don't know. I guess we'll yeah. Find out. I just
0: think with these games, it's like I, if you're not yeah. coming up with a new idea that'll stick, or you're not like perfecting the genre or giving it some angle that will tap into some massive, you know, untapped audience like Fortnite. Um, it just does. They're just not the kind of games that have like a tremendous sticking power. You know what I'm saying? Like Apex Legends yeah. was one a good. Uh, battle royale game, but that that was not enough to give it that kind of sticking power of say like a Rainbow Six Siege or something like that. It's just it's yeah. just another battle royale game, and it's not bad because you know it's not falling out of popularity because they didn't nerf this gun fast enough or because like they didn't put it in a ranked mode soon enough. It's falling out of favor because that's just the way that this shit happens like, and we've seen it over and over again.
3: I, I also think that the youtube complaining about video games economy probably skews our perspective on like you know games dying or not you know like yeah world of warcraft has been yeah. dying the past five years if you're just going by youtube videos that game's right. still doing all right you know like i don't know that stuff i think kind of can incept this idea that oh this game's like on the ropes when usually that's not the case yeah i also yeah, think like, it's like a, i mean
1: like yeah weird. or i was gonna say like with like apex like everyone was like fucking signing the death certificate because it was like <laughs> right, not right, like right. the top like eight on twitch or whatever yeah. and it was like i still feel like there's like a lot of people playing that game and yeah. like with the new season yeah it's like yeah it's like climbing up on twitch again because people were like oh yeah apex like mm-hmm. let's check in that's and, the thing is
2: like if yeah. it's not if it's like the game is like not number one or like in the top 10 everyone's like oh well it's dead and it's like no that's not
1: yeah i mean i like twitch viewership is like a huge part to like parse a game's popularity or how well it's doing or but whatever. it's, it's right. like, but like it's w-
2: like to parse like a certain game's popularity like look at the steam yeah, top sellers and look at the top games on twitch and like yeah. two there's like crossover of two games
1: like yeah, it's true. not
2: it's not definitely i think it's it's specifically and like they're just they're different audiences right it's like if you want to be number one game on twitch your game is going to look a certain way like, and it's going to play a certain way. And then the stuff that's like doing well on steam is like fucking rim world, which is like, no one is streaming rim world. <laughs> Someone's streaming rim world. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's different. Right.
3: Speaking of dying games, Josh, I definitely know that uh, hearthstone's Hearthstone is currently number 19 on Twitch. So dead game. Rest in peace. R.B. Mm. Dead. Rip.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, when the new expansion comes out is when people watch Hearthstone anyway. Um, yeah.
1: I got a press release for Hearthstone. So yeah. I always get, I'm for some reason, I'm on Blizzard's press release only for Hearthstone. I will get any other, <laughs> other news. It makes no sense. I'm like, I've never covered this actually, game in my it's, life. It's
3: kind of similar to me. Um, yeah, it's weird. Josh, do like, you want to do a Hearthstone Minute? Yeah, let's do the Hearthstone Oh, yeah, do the Hearthstone Minute. The Hearthstone minute. Yeah. What, what, what do you got? What, wow. How you feeling? Leep
0: bloop, 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 Hearthstone Minute. Um, the new expansion <laughs> is coming out, and it looks it is. I... interesting.
3: I've enjoyed Hearthstone this year since the rotation. Yes, it's been I, a very a good year. Product. It's been like
0: yeah. it's been a banner year for Hearthstone as far as yeah. like, wow. the viability of a wide range of decks. The like right. when I got this uh the latest like Rise of Shadows expansion, I was able to build like most yeah, of yeah. like the really good decks with like one or two cards missing, which right. that shit never happens for me. I'm like, yeah. I'm super limited. I can only build like one of the cool decks. Um, But you know, it's been fun to watch too. Cause like a lot of the streamers will play some wacky deck yeah. and it'll like work pretty well, which is not something that you've always had in Hearthstone because like there's right. some decks that you just can't run because like there's decks that counter it that are just really popular and so you just can never play that kind of deck. But now it's like you can play like almost anything and have like a pretty good chance of winning if you you know if right. you're good and you're strategic and shit like that. So that's like that's a good place for the game to be. Um,
3: yeah, I've enjoyed the solo stuff. I think some of the the buffs that the, some of the card changes they've been doing is really smart and interesting and and way different from what they were doing before. Um, I don't like. I don't think that game is ever going to get back to you know kind of its all-time peak in like 2015 or 2016 i think those days are over yeah but um yeah the esports thing like that that seems also like i I don't know how how much longer that's going to go on but it's good to know that hearthstone is in a good place and probably will be for a long time (laughs) as someone that likes that game yeah
0: yeah yeah it's uh for those who don't know like basically hearthstone's entire esports structure changed they switch to you know something that's like a little, little bit less involved. I would say a little bit less yeah. like uh, production <laughs> heavy. I would say um, <laughs> a little bit more reliant on like
3: pa- they're doing like a Dota thing where they're selling a package of cards that will like if you buy it it'll fund the uh, the prize pool for the yeah. uh, the Masters tours are calling it. It's just kind of an interesting pivot. But, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, and then um, the other thing is that what was kind of cool is that they recently buffed cards for the first time ever in hearthstone's history um right which was just like a new thing for blizzard and to do with this game um be you know in the past they had said like they only want they don't want to like really make cards more powerful they don't want to like play with power creep and stuff like that um but i guess their design philosophy has changed a little bit and it's it's nice because you know you, you get a new expansion that comes out in Hearthstone and then nothing happens until the next set comes out which is why right. it's like it has this continual like you know you get a spike and then it goes lower and then right, another spike yeah. when a new expansion comes out and then it goes even lower than it did previously and then I feel like it's just like a cur- like a an ongoing downward staircase you know into obscurity I don't think Hearthstone will ever really be obscure but you know you get the idea um, And, you know, at least, like, keeping things fresh and, like, buffing cards, even though it's not, like, that big of a deal, it does, like, help to ease the monotony of, like, only coming out of it with expansions every three months or whatever.
3: Right. Totally. And it's a fucking card so, yeah. game. You know, like...
4: Yeah.
0: it A change is gonna, like... It's not that hard to do. It's not that, like uh Confusing for players, it's not going to like fuck people over that much. So I'm into it.
3: Their their their, their number one issue was a lack of content, and they seem to have fixed that. Yeah, which it seems like the easiest problem to solve. And I'm glad they they've kind of come up with a way that they're comfortable with. Anyway, that's that's all I have for my Hearthstone minute.
2: What do you think is like
3: the next?
2: Oh, I almost fell asleep. Oh <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, uh,
2: like her, when did, Hearthstone came out and like. 2012, 2014,
3: 2014, yeah, it, it was 2013 was the beta 2014. That's
2: right. Yeah. Like that's, so that's now basically a six year old design, which itself yeah. is like a remediation of magic. Like have we started to see like new digital card games that aren't just like well, iterations I mean, on magic? Um, Artifact Artifact was like getting there.
3: I mean, I think, no, I think Artifact No, no is, it was never getting there.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like, it was getting there in terms of design. Like, it was it was a yeah. different idea. People it wasn't just like, what if Twitch it was magic, you but porn on. you <laughs> yeah. have to tap land. If
3: there's a bunch of porn on your Twitch Twitch page and no actual game, like, you can't even find anyone streaming the game. It's just porn. That's how you know you've maybe made some bad choices.
1: I mean, my game. point is, like, specifically, like, there's... are filler so crazy? Yeah.
2: It's just, but they I think specifically, it's like, it. what are... Are there other card games that are, so like... like Coming out that are like specifically card games, not stuff that's like card driven. So like I, things I
3: like Slap the like,
1: trading card games. Like
3: the 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 guys that kind of I think the wave of people trying to cash in on that's already kind of come and gone. Because you had the Elder Scrolls thing, which that has a community. You know they still support that. That's fine. You had the Witcher card game, which a prominent Hearthstone primary oh, quit yeah. Hearthstone to go play gwent that's so life coach they, which i wonder <laughs> oh, how that's no. working out for him yeah. yeah that's <laughs> life incredible coach, he like a blaze that's, of glory i too. think he Gwent, gwent this was shit. kind
1: of fun yeah. like the because i played it when Thronebreaker came out and Thronebreaker is kind of cool sure uh i wouldn't say it has like legs yeah it was a cool
4: thing
2: you know but like what's like i'm looking fun. for like what's like the what is the next like paradigm shifting card game that's there like isn't one.
3: battle
0: royale. I feel card battle Actually, royale. No, I honestly, like... yeah, I think true. it.
2: I think it might be like auto chess is like the thing that is like. Oh yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, it's
1: like the same thing, yeah. yeah. So it was like card games, battle royale, and now auto chess like, the new. Should audience, I should
3: like, I play definitely... one of those things? Let's play TFT, even... dude. I'm not even like starting to learn about it. Like I don't know anything. Oh, like, can I... I
1: play TFT on my Mac? Is yeah, that like because my PC yeah, probably, is like. Just right? play or play Dota
0: underlords, which is no valve
1: that's on my phone that's what i'm no, like thinking. Dude, i'm like it's just
0: dota underlords is not as good as tft in my opinion
1: but it's all but it's on my phone
0: <laughs> it looks ugly. the biggest so thing easy. right now the biggest <laughs> thing <laughs> right now is
2: anything. playing anything to understand the format so it like i like choose which fucking permutation so the format of the chess okay. you want to play the format
0: is pretty simple mm-hmm. actually it's i would compare it to just like okay. a board game um so what happens is okay. you buy i'm already bored. you buy little like dudes you know little characters you're presented with like a shop of characters that you can buy they each cost like one or two gold or whatever you buy some of those units and then you're able to place one or two of them on the board at the beginning and then over the course of the game you're able to place more units on the board um but you put some units on the board and then they fight against your opponent's figures uh when a round starts right. yeah and if you win you win the round you get some gold um and then you can use that to spend on more Wait. units oh so
3: it's not it's not like an it's
0: rts a... no it's it's not an rts the the matches auto play themselves out you oh, just put the pieces oh, yeah, on the yeah. board so it's very laid so back I,
3: I saw that game it looks so stressful so it like, like a, a
1: turn. No. It looked like a turn-based thing. Yeah.
0: You this set up your board, like, okay. and then th- your creatures fight against each other automatically. You just sit back and watch. So
1: honestly, huh.
2: it looks okay. like the game like Han Solo plays with Chewie <laughs> on the Million Falcon. That's... It's like creatures
0: <laughs> yeah. set up, and they're like that. Kind they of they kind makes sense, man. Honestly, like you just kind of watch the Maybe battle play the out and hope that you know the way that you've laid out your. Is it like Beans. a Yu-Gi-Oh
3: anime where they like they you put the card down and there's they're like a hologram. No, it's just this. Okay. You just yeah. is just drag them onto it's the board. Kind of like
2: okay. It still feels like it's card driven versus a card. It's similar.
1: Like, it's
0: a similar idea, right?
1: Like deck driven you, yeah. you get yeah, yeah,
0: items yeah. that you can use yeah. to like you can put them on your characters and then they make your characters how, more powerful.
3: How close is it to chess on a scale of like one to ten?
2: Two. There's a grid.
1: <laughs> okay, that makes me feel like I'm more interested. Yeah, in it, yeah, yeah, But I'm also, same, like, I same. don't like uh, like I've It is interest. Like, I think it's actually mm-hmm.
0: interesting. It's like not that hard to pick up. You're not gonna know what the fuck you're doing at first. But the actual like rhythm of the game and what's happening, like the basic rules, are pretty simple to grasp. And then the other thing is the other way you upgrade your characters besides buying or getting items for them, um, is that you if you purchase three of the same character it upgrades the character into a higher form of itself. And then, you know, if you get three level two characters, then they combine to make like a really powerful character. And so you're kind of trying to like amass the same character over the course of the game so that you can kind of like, build up your characters but there's all kinds of decisions that you have to make like are you going to spend your money on trying to upgrade this certain character are you going to try to make uh, certain synergies between your characters work because characters have types like think pokemon like fire ice water whatever there's different like types of characters in this game and they have different types of synergies with one another so that's i think that's the hardest part to grasp of these games is what the character types are and how they interact and shit like that but it's basically like collect characters of similar type and you know try to amass as many of like a single character and build your strategy around that one character and then that's the whole game there's not even like mechanics you don't have to like you don't have to like fight the enemy in like a real way because your characters do that automatically, which is why it's called auto chess because it all happens automatically. Right. So it's very like laid back. It's like, you know, you're buying your characters in between the rounds and then putting them on the board. <laughs> auto chess and chill. And then, yeah, it's super auto chess and chill. <laughs> and I think that's like why it's kind of popular. Um, in some ways, it feels even more passive than a hearthstone um, at the same yeah. time, like there is strategy and luck involved And a lot of Hearthstone streamers actually have made the jump to being auto chess
2: players.
3: I I pivoted over there for a little bit, for sure.
2: Um, I read some tweet that was specifically talking about, like, I think, I I mean, I think to my original point, I think that maybe this notion of something being card driven versus a card game is the actual evolution of digital card games. But specifically, this idea that, like, other things can be auto chessified, like the sort of idea that, like, auto. Basically, an auto as a genre, which is like there's a precedent for too, right? There's kind of like idle games that have kind of evolved into like I don't even know if there's a genre to describe where idle games are at right now, but they're in like a fucking crazy design space where like the whole I think there's like this whole like Dungeons and Dragons like branded game on mobile that's like a total auto adventurer game. Right. Yeah. There's one called like Hero of Legend or something on Steam that's like a big one that's also an auto battler. So this kind of like auto idea is creeping into games now, I think, in a way that's kind of grows out of the idle game stuff.
4: It's starting (laughs) to kind of
2: find its way to something. And then Dota was a great conduit because of the mod scene. Uh, But specifically, that auto chess is kind of maybe the first time we're going to start seeing more auto games that like pop out of other genres or something.
3: Auto Halo. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of
2: like Frozen Synapse is kind of like Auto RTS. That's a good ass game. Yeah, like there's there's kind of like there's been a little bit before. Isn't that Maybe one like in Into the, the Breaches? A bit, sort of.
3: Eh, no, Into the Breach is like a yeah, turn-based a strategy game. Okay. You know, like yeah, you're not. There's no automation. You are telling those mechs where to go. Right, right.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's kind of cool about Auto Chess is like it's like a different take on a competitive strategy right. where, um, I think people sometimes want like a more passive experience. You know what I'm saying? Even Hearthstone.
3: Where, where, where does the where does the luck come in?
0: Um, So the characters that you're offered at the bottom of the screen are random. So, oh, okay, sure. you know, the synergies that you're trying to create over the course of the game are kind of determined by like what you get in the early rounds, what you're shown later, right. where you, uh, you know, what kind of items you get because to get items, actually you fight Against, you know, you'll fight one round against a human opponent, and then you'll fight another round against a PVE opponent, which is just computer controlled. And then if you kill all those monsters, you get some items.
3: So at the start of a turn, when I see what my other guy has, do I know if I'm going to win or lose, or is it still like up in the air?
0: It's kind of up in the air. Um, sometimes okay. you will just see like okay i'm gonna lose this round the other thing is if you go on a losing streak you actually get gold like you get a gold Ooh. reward for that so one strategy right. is to like lose in the early game and kind of like sandbag and play the game that way so that you can like <laughs> mm-hmm. amass yeah. your uh characters and then go that way um
3: is it esports
2: yeah it's esports oh yeah, yeah
3: it's esports yeah All right, it's right gonna on. Be, cool
2: I think there's like there's also something else going on with Auto Chess that I think is related to. It's funny because you know Dota itself is a mod of a game, and now Auto Chess is a mod of a mod, which is fun. But specifically, like I think a lot of MOBA stuff grew out of RTSs, especially Warcraft Three, where it started with like Defense of the Ancients, um, and like Dota was really compelling in the context of Warcraft Three because they were like, you know what's really great about Warcraft Three? the heroes what if it was just the heroes fighting and they're like cool let's make a moba and now i think what auto chess feels like is he's, you know what's really cool about dota it's like when the heroes are fighting not all this like other shit in a moba <laughs> that's so much more about like positioning and like yeah. laning or whatever it's like what if we just have it where people just fight all the time and they just no matter what there's basically a team fight every like fucking turn
3: that you have no control kinda- over
2: yeah, it's like, and it's because like it's it also too. Not only that, but I think it grows out of like, it's really cool to watch team fights, especially for someone who's into like competitive mobas of any kind. Like watching a big team fight is really cool, not only for like the player coordination, but just the spectacle of that thing executing on screen. So Auto Chess feels like a response to that, where it's like, what if we just made it where like that's just just always happening every turn? It's just fun to watch these things compete. And why don't we just set them up and fucking let them run, and then just they'll fight, and they just do it every turn. I think so. I'm really. I en- think honestly, I to
0: build on what you're saying, Kyle, as someone who uh, is knowledgeable about MOBAs, um, I I would say that the, the the central mechanic or idea that this seems to take from MOBAs is like, you know, what if we just took all of the structures around character builds and items and levels and all the sacrifices that you have to make during the course of a single game in a MOBA and then we compress that into something uh, that's like bite-sized and gets rid of the mechanical layer where you have to be good at like clicking really fast and pressing Q, W, E, R. Right, right, right um it takes those like principles of like am i gonna spend my money on this or this am i gonna uh create a team comp that looks like this or this? Am I going to invest this in my character or this? And all of those like matrix matrices of different decisions that you have to make combine to be just like one really interesting layer of this game. And like just taking the fucking raw core of that and making that into its own thing is pretty interesting because that is a very big layer of the MOBA uh, experience, but apparently stands on its own as its own genre. You yeah, know, say, yeah, yeah. Um, the final layer that's interesting about the whole thing, I think, is how we have League of Legends, Riot Games, is essentially coming to the table with their own, you know, team fight tactics. Is theirs, uh, Dota Under- Underlords is Valve's, but um, the way that these are both coming to the table is interesting. In the and there's also a real Auto Chess that Dota DAC right, yeah. Dota Auto Chess, yeah. Um, that's the original that came out. Um, but I think it's kind of being overshadowed by these in some respects. I don't want to speak too soon, but, uh, I think like Dota Underlords has mostly supplanted that game. Um, but what's interesting is like, Valve is usually supposed to be like the polish people, you know, like when they're coming out, it took them so long to come out with Dota 2 because they like, it was supposed to be really polished to Valve standards. League of Legends came out and looked like absolute shit and it's beginning gotten better over the years but right now team fight tactics the riot one looks un- like way 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 better than Dota Underlords I was playing Dota Underlords and I was like this interface fucking sucks there's like really <laughs> bad tutorial um, the characters look weird and the art style is really strange and League of Legends one it all translated League of Legends aesthetic like really well into this new game um a lot there's like a lot of polish in the interface there's some like nice little effects with the gold and shit when you click on stuff that looks nice um and with these kind ty- ty- types of games where you're like making decisions and doing strategic shit i feel like that stuff is really really important so uh i'll probably be playing more team fight tactics than um dota underlords but you know listeners let me I mean, know how you feel also- about that
2: I think it's just, like, game companies, like, got smart. Like, I mean, fucking, like, Blizzard sat on Dota for so fucking long. Like, no one ever thought to make the mod be its own game. And then, like, PUBG happened or, like, DayZ happened. And, like, still, like, everyone's knowing uh, DayZ is this huge mod for Arma. But even then, there was, like, one person and it was the guy who made it to actually make daisy be a thing because he sold the ip like everyone's just watching this being big being like oh we can't do anything about this what are we gonna do it's so weird and now there's this mod and everyone's like oh shit like if people are playing a mod and it's really successful that's fucking proven game design territory and it's not being monetized and it has a small audience because it's a subset of a community like why don't we just fucking make the game right now and i think that's what everyone's doing (laughs) is they're just it's a fucking gold rush to see who's gonna like it's it's not even that like auto chess got big like people have been talking about auto chess for like months since it's been a big mod but i think just now has been enough time where people saw it was big and now this is people are just trying to get be first to market yeah i think what's actually going to happen is that all the i mean correct me if i'm wrong i don't actually know a lot about team fight tactics but specifically what's happening now is that um a lot of these games are pretty direct translations of the original auto chess idea And I think in about six months or maybe sooner, we're actually going to see games that are auto chess, but like the whole fucking time, it takes a long time to play one of these games, which is kind of surprising. It's like, it can be like 30 to 40 minutes. It's not a fast thing to play. I think you're going to start seeing games. that are like, Oh, this doesn't need to be as long as like a shorter Dota match. It can just be a 20 minute game or something. that's 15 minutes and be compelling. I think that's the stuff that's going to start happening, but these other people just want to be there first so they can be the ones to dictate that shift, versus having to wait for someone else to do it first. Overwatch tactics, with that new mod. system. I mean, there's Overwatch Two's
3: coming, man. So
2: and I'm sure it's gonna yeah. happen.
3: It's got few. It's got to be weird as like an indie developer you know, that As soon as you make something that catches on, like the feeding frenzy is just on. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's also it's hilarious that
0: for like a decade it, there was like. If you made this into a full-fledged game, you would have a massive hit on your hands. And then every major video game company was like, it's not going to be me nah. to do it. Like, fuck, yeah. fuck if I'm yeah. going to make Defense of the Ancients a fucking full-blown <laughs> video game. Are you kidding me? You know, like, and then yeah. along comes League of Legends.
3: <laughs> right. Yeah. And eventually, here's the storm. Yeah. and uh, Eventually. Yeah.
2: yeah. Talk about late to the party for yeah, that one
3: rest in peace yeah
0: in that case in those cases like the big corporate structure thing is just like makes you not as good at, as doing that stuff but you know sometimes it works out for blizzard like it did with hearthstone i
2: guess makes me wonder I think it's why like, it like works for valve is because they have their whole like flat organization thing i bet it was like five dudes who were like we should make a game for this and they're like all right and so they made one and i bet league of legends has probably been working on it for a long fucking time they probably saw. I bet like Riot saw it way earlier, and they were like, "We should do this." Yeah. And then it's probably been. It's probably just had a longer development time.
3: If you're like, fifteen or sixteen, I bet your relationship to Valve is so much different than like ours is. You know, like yeah, you grew up with such a different valve. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Just Dota two. <laughs> oh, they're the ones who make Dota two, right?
3: Right. Yeah, yeah. and Counter Strike, I guess, and that's probably pretty much it.
2: This is my thing where I'm like, people make fun of me for this. And Josh will still say that it didn't happen like this. But I was like, Artifact is going to be weird because people don't associate Valve with being a games company. Like, they haven't made a proper game in a long time. They make Steam. It's not like a guaranteed hit because it's a Valve game that doesn't, like, mean something to people.
1: I feel like... Cause we had this conversation on the podcast. Like, I feel like, it, like people still associate valve with being a game company. It's just like, it's more like just, they just do yeah. Dota. Like yeah. I feel like that's kind of like, they're like the Dota company. They're that's like riot kind of
4: now. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Like Riot's like just the league of legends company. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, it's kind of exciting to see team fight tactics because now it seems like, yeah. Oh, they're doing something different. They're doing something new. And there's, like, the rumor of, like, wasn't there, like, a fighting game they're making, allegedly, or some shit?
3: Right, and a card game once upon a time as well. Yeah, yeah.
1: like, I feel like there's been, like, a bunch of rumors, like, Riot's doing, like, new stuff, but...
3: It it is pretty cool that we live in a world now where, like, a company as large as Riot can, like, mobilize to get, you know, an auto-chess clone out in the span of a couple of months. Like, that's, like, that's kind of of cool to know that the video game industry is, like, that agile now in 2019.
2: Or they just have more money than god well that's also part of <laughs> it <obviously. Yeah.
3: laughs> but still i don't know
2: yeah
0: um
3: blizzard should make a fight i game. think
0: uh do we have
2: anything else we want to discuss here we i got a. we got two listener questions okay let's go coming in oh. coming out of the wire uh so first one 51 questions for the 51st episode let's <laughs> let's go no, no, no. No. That was a we that was a that was a grueler last that episode. Was tiring, Fifty questions was a long time. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Uh first real question. Um, well, it's two questions that are related. First one comes from Chase in the Discord, which is that uh is pirating games the gamer equivalent of not tipping? I would Ooh, say it's the gamer yeah. equivalent of dining and
3: dashing. Isn't it the gamer equivalent of like true. just That's straight up stealing?
2: yeah i feel like it's a gamer equivalent of like eating samples at costco
1: because no. who, what is the game have That's you ever bad. played unless you're like round they're like walking back and forth if you're like making a loop around and then Dude, you're like hey, no it's I'll the take gamer equivalent like, if then you took shitting. the
0: the thing that the, the person was selling and sampling and you opened the bag and just ate them all right then right. and there right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i definitely just sit there while they're making i and be like yeah i'll, keep, I'll take another one but I think my point is that like you don't do you ever actually <laughs> Kyle's play, the problem? Do you ever play a pirated game to completion? I oh, mean,
0: I've never. I've I don't never know if I. Yeah, me either. i don't really, done that,
1: which is what? weird. It's like I definitely pirated music back in then. Yeah. Oh yeah, like don't yeah, you know, like that was like a thing, right? Like because all like she's shiz- not she's that's like a different thing. Like, <laughs> Dude,
2: I don't even play games <laughs> because, uh, that I. There's
1: like another one, Lime you know, like all those old services. Off because uh, i feel like it's just we live of. in
2: a world of like online only where pirating games is just so much harder yeah because... i mean we're
3: like going to be living in a streaming environment soon enough where it's going to be pretty yeah. no reason to pirate anything ever you know because yeah
1: I, yeah and like i have xbox game pass now which is great like that's why i'm playing or how yeah I'm playing there's Outer like Wilds there's just and stuff, and, so like, many Apple games too. Like,
2: there's so many games available at so cheap now yeah like yeah. you can pay to yeah game pass microsoft give us money Like, you can pay, like, $10 a month and get, like, 80 games. Game Pass is not a
1: thing. It's crazy.
3: Subbing a Game Pass and seeing games there that I had bought on Steam and never played was, like, a real, like, life comes at you fast (laughs) moment. Like, oh, now I just have these for free. Even though I never played them on Steam when I bought them on the Steam sale where I thought I was getting
4: a really good deal.
2: Yeah, it's like, I just feel like it's different now where you can, like, the Humble Bundle's the thing now. Like, I mean, Steam sales are good but like still cost money but like subscription services is like f- why would you ever pirate so you can have a, a million games okay i will right say now for I, money. maybe not you
0: pirated n- games okay Josh pirated well first games. of all i've pirated games before Duh. second okay. of all <laughs> i think i'm like old enough to where i shouldn't have to pirate games anymore like i have sure, the money yeah. to actually yeah. buy these mm-hmm. games i think the gamer equivalent exactly. of not tipping is if you play a free to play game for like a year and you never purchase anything yeah. I think that's the gamer equivalent yeah, yeah. Of yeah that's fucked
4: tipping. up yeah.
3: I, or when you go in like an itchio and you're like ah, it's like pay what you want and you're like,
4: uh, yeah, like nah you. yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah it's like pay it's one dollar like, yeah. pay one it's not gonna kill you yeah.
2: <laughs> or it's like if you um if you play a short game to completion and then return it because you're still yeah, in yeah that's fucked up yeah. Honestly, I feel like yeah. that's
1: kind of like in the same category like that's yeah. also shady I wouldn't say I wouldn't equate I would also equate that to dining and dashing because sure. like, yeah. you are just yeah. being shitty. Like, that's, you, that's there's more no like excuse. Just, like, to that. People are
3: doing that with the Sonic game, right? They're playing the five-hour campaign. They're like turning right back to Steam as soon as they're so, done with yeah. it.
2: Why?
1: It's fucked up. Uh, last so you question: need to Fix that policy because that's like such a big problem with like indie developers. Right, like, it just sure. like if you have like a short game, yeah. you're just fucked because right. you're just gonna lose sales. I think it's you just like, be able really
2: just to set up. your refund limit. But I guess yeah. you could. It could be you could set it really. I don't know next question last question uh what was the last game you pirated this comes from dan
1: yeah i like haven't like i I don't like i honestly can't remember like i'm also like not as tech savvy as my job would (laughs) or as i should be right so it's like when i did like pirate it was like pretty yeah it was like services like limewire and kazaa and i was part of like this weird forum for japanese music so i'd like pirated a lot of like Japanese music that was hard to find anywhere right yeah uh because that and like torrenting like i did like very loosely back in the like way back in the day like when i was early
3: the thing about pirating (laughs) shit is it was like a it was 2006 where i was getting like 20 kilobits second, you know, it wasn't really, it was such <laughs> yeah. a long download. And B, like,
1: yeah, so long.
3: I've I never, I've never looked into pirating games, and it was always like, oh, you need to download this and the, crack. yeah, the fucking crack. I'm like, no, no, I'm like, no I, like, I don't, that's... I want to download it and just have it. I don't want to do any of this shit. So I, that's why I never, I never did that.
2: Honestly, um, like, um,
1: and games Gog, go on sale so much. It's yeah. Gog like, has been a,
2: uh, was it good old games? Has been like a total. Uh, is "boon" the right word for pirating? Because GOG stuff is DRM-free, and so a lot oh, yeah, of old yeah, games true. now that's that true. have the GOG wrapper are available on torrent sites because they just run offline. So
3: that's kind of weird. Yeah. Would <laughs> um, you ever? Would you ever pirate a game for like ethical purposes? You know. So I. So this is.
2: So this is my thing. So the the most recent game I pirated. I don't pirate ever really. I mean, I pirate other shit, but I don't pirate games. I
1: feel like I know what you're gonna say.
2: Yeah, I pirated Devotion yeah. because. Mm-hmm there was the only way to get it by the time I wanted to buy it. So I found a way to, i had to crack it. I pirated it and I cracked it and it works. Um, so that was, a, that was a special situation because like Josh, it's like, I'll pay five, 10, sometimes $20 for a game. I like might not play more than an hour of, um, just to like play it for like gamer knowledge purposes. But like, <laughs> this was a game where it was like, it was just literally not available. Right. Yeah. Any other way. Is that um, is
3: that still not back?
2: Yeah, nope. I think it's never gonna come back. That's so Somehow, crazy. Oh, yeah, shit just pub-
1: happened, which is so sad because I was like, that's like my favorite game of the year so far. Like that's like the best game. Of it's really fucking yeah. good. And like, it's so good, and it's like such a bummer. And like their last game, Detention's also like that was one of my favorite games of like 2017. And I just like, I don't know. This developer is just really good with making horror games i guess like horror games are like about history and like contextualize it really well and they're, they're just like also scary but like also very clever and just like fuck those games are so good and it's like a bummer because like their publisher just recently lost their business license and i think it people are like linking like it probably has to yeah, be with the whole devotion drama like basically yeah, yeah. it's like they were seen as not just like, that really sucks china's like so strict it's like such a such a huge bummer yeah um and, like, I hope one day it comes back, but I'm honestly, like, I don't know. I think like, I was going to reach out to them, and then I saw, I think, like, Waypoint published a story where they had reached out, and mm. Red Candle Games were like, no, like, we're we're still, like, working on it. Like, gave, like, a very, yeah. like, not firm response on if it's coming back or when. And it's just, like, a bummer. I don't know. Can I, you... Yeah.
3: Can you cop PT on um Torn Sites? Does anyone know that? Probably. Yeah.
1: You probably can. I have PT on my, like, PS4, my old PS4. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you have a it pro on your now, PS4, it's so it's just sad, like right? all my brick PS4. Right. Like, just I, I have it Yeah, but I guess I have the file. Read it's readily. on this hard
3: drive. I can say that. Yeah, for sure. it's here. So.
1: <laughs> I could sell it on eBay, probably. Yeah.
3: Okay.
2: Um. Oh, we have we have one more announcement, which is our next game club game. Oh which yeah, is this yeah. Episode right? Yeah. If yeah. We want to. Our wanna next game it? club game yeah. is kids. Ba-ba-bum.
0: It's uh, on the iTunes, uh, Apple yeah. App Store. Uh, you can download that there. I think it's like a couple bucks. Also on, also Itch. on Itch.
2: It's also on desktop. Okay, yep. cool. So pick that up. It's made by it's Playables. Look, so look for Playables Kids. because Yeah, it's otherwise, really hard to
1: find. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: So play that. We'll talk about it on the next Game Club episode. Thanks to everyone great. who played. Uh, was it Cellular? I forgot the name of it. Um, I missed that episode. The interlude. To. The interlude, yeah, not did. cellular. Cellular was the movie with like that nineties <laughs> guy, yeah. Josh something. Ethan Hawke. Was it Ethan Hawke? No, 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 no. It was like it was like Josh the, Hartnett I think it was like in Pearl Harbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that had, that was cellular. Uh, maybe that was like when phones came out.
0: <laughs> you know, phone booth with uh what's his name? Colin Colin Farrell. Remember that one? For, yeah 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 uh, anyway we are bad end podcast thank you so much for listening luke thank you again for coming on the show it was great having no, you here no problem it's where can people find you if you want them to find you
3: oh uh, you can follow me at, <laughs> at luke underscore winky um and uh just come out to san diego man just just you'll find me out there for the next uh week and a half or so okay
0: maybe i'll come down and say hi <laughs> yeah
3: dude yeah All come right. through it'll be fun uh, you go to come comic-con down
1: the saturday night
3: yeah <laughs> exactly yeah dude me and katie come go come saturday night
1: i'm probably gonna go on a bar crawl with my cousins and
3: yeah well, I'll, if, I'll dm you if, if i'm
0: invited, like, I'm dude. invited. We'll yeah. all right maybe <laughs> this will happen okay um anyway thanks again for listening to bad end podcast go check out luke thanks luke again for coming on uh you can find us on twitter at bad end podcast we are on gmail at badendpod at gmail.com rate us and review us on iTunes uh, subscribe to our podcast on Patreon uh, we are patreon.com slash badend and we will see you in a few weeks later
4: bye guys yeah.